when we were just starting, you were counting down and I was counting up. <laughs> so it got very confusing for a second. I just, but, I just was like, because numbers confuse me enough. I just was like, these are the numbers, and I'm sticking with them. It's and I right. just went, yeah. We started at the same time. It's fine. That's all that matters. It's all that matters. Yeah. So this you know what is going to be what crab what culture. Our podcast. It does. This which is, is this the podcast? Yes. Which I is was, this? I was ready to jump straight into it. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I figure you know what. You're right. You, you can introduce you, the podcast. Go ahead. Well, because you mentioned it last week, and I think you're right. We need to like let people know. And if that you we don't know, well, then now you know. It's yeah. fresh off the boat. No. Um, but yeah, this is Crime Culture. We're a podcast. We are. We talk about stuff and things. Mm-hmm. And sometimes all we realize stuff, some stuff. And most of the things. Most of the things. Not all of the things. Mm-hmm. Some things are better left unsaid. Yep. We get pronunciation wrong frequently. Oh, do we ever? Oh, there's a name in this case that fuck Uh-oh. that. I literally had to like I watch documentaries and like I had to write it out phonetically because this one kid's <laughs> name is fucking ridiculous. I mean, I'm not going to talk bad about any victims cuz obviously they're victims, it's not their fault and right. Everything that happened to them is horrible. Yeah. But this name is a doozy. <laughs> We should, what after we record, we should go through and when we realize that we've mispronounced something, we should get like a Siri type thing to dub it. Yeah, exactly. So it's like da 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 da. Whatever this yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to use Bernie's last name as an example and then I forgot I still the pronunciation don't know how to pronounce again. It. <laughs> is it Tide? Don't ask me. Teed? Don't what ask do we me. call it? Teed, I, right? That's, I called that's what it, we said? I called, no, I called it every... Literally, go back and listen. I called it multiple things. Oh, I thought we I thought we had settled on teed. Somebody's probably yelling, but... I thought it was... I don't know. I, I thought it was teed, but I don't think it's teed. I think it's, it's whatever like, I say it is in the moment. That's it, what it's gonna be. You know what? It's what I say it is, and you're gonna yeah. fucking like it. Yep. So we're gonna jump right in to this episode, because... It's going to be another two-parter, and if you've seen the title of the episode, you'll you know, know why. why. <laughs> because this is uh, a big one. It's a heavy I, hitter. I was going to say, it's a doozy. It is. It's quite a doozy. <laughs> there are definitely some, uh, some things that I will never be able to get out of my head. But it's also one that I feel the most con- conflicted about. Huh. And we'll probably get into that in, like, the second part. So let me just say all of the information first. And there's, oh my god, the amount of references in pop culture to this case. Holy shit. We got ourselves another Bundy? It's insanity. I I think more than Bundy, honestly. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, if you haven't read the title of the episode, it's Jeffrey Dahmer. Hey. A classic, really. Don't shame people who can't read, Okay. It's all right. You can just listen. I'll yes. tell you all the information. So I still love them. Yeah. We're going to jump straight into it. Jeffrey Lionel Dahmer was born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin on May 21st, 1960, and was the first of two sons born to Joyce, Annette, and Lionel Herbert Dahmer. Oof. Dom- <laughs> yeah. Those aren't even the bad Oof. names yet. Let's get... <laughs> Hold your horses. Lionel Herbert. Haley, how much money... 
would I have to pay you to get you to name your firstborn Lionel Herbert? I don't really like the name Lionel. My grandfather's uh, name was Jeremiah, and that was going to be my name if was I was a, a boy. Was he a bullfrog? No. <laughs> you can bet. I don't know. I never met him. Um, but yeah, that's that's a doozy of a name. Thank God it was Jeffrey's middle name. So Dahmer's mother worked as a teletype machine instructor, and his father was a student at Marquette University working towards getting his degree in chemistry. And it's been said that Dahmer was deprived of attention as an infant. I recently watched a like part of a documentary about um, Dahmer, and like Lionel Dahmer is uh, prominent in it. He's been interviewed in it, so obviously oh, wow. they weren't going to paint him like in a bad light or anything like that. So oh. it, when they talk about his childhood in the documentary that I was watching they made it sound like he was like a happy kid and then like something happened and then he like kind yeah, of secluded happened. himself he was yeah, crazy well, that's what happened <laughs> we'll get to it but um as Dahmer's mother found the routine of breastfeeding exhausting and irritating she refused to breastfeed her son Same. <laughs> yeah and other sources however suggest that Dahmer was spoiled as an infant and a toddler by both of his parents although his mother was known to be tense and greedy for attention and argumentative with her husband and their neighbors huh. and yeah so once Dahmer entered entered the first grade Joyce Dahmer began to spend an increasing amount of time in bed recovering from uh weakness the vapors oh just it was just Quoted as weakness. Hysteria. I don't know. Lionel's university studies kept him away from the home much of the time, and when he was home, his wife demanded constant attention. Oh, God. <laughs> She's one <laughs> she, of those. She reportedly worked herself into a state of anxiety over trivial matters uh, simply to appease her husband, and on one occasion, Joyce Dahmer attempted suicide from an overdose of... I don't remember what the type of pills was. It was some type of pills. Barbiturates? Um, those were popular back in the day. Some type of pills, and then she she became addicted to them. And Opioids! Yeah, so obviously both of his parents were uh, a little um, absorbed by what was happening in their relationship that they didn't devote a ton of time to their son. Healthy! Yeah, so as... Uh, Doesn't Donald's sound like been, a recipe for disaster at all. No. But it was different when he was like... There was definitely a turning point because when he was a little kid, he was described as being energetic and happy um, until he became notably subdued after undergoing a double hernia surgery, which was oh. performed shortly before his fourth birthday. Aww, poor yeah. baby Jeffrey. Uh, he recalled his early years of family life as being uh, that of extreme tension, which he noted between his parents, who he observed to be constantly arguing with each other. At elementary school, he was regarded as both quiet and timid by his peers. And on his first grade report card, one teacher described Dahmer as a reserved child who she sensed felt neglected. This Aww. teacher, yeah, it was really sad. That this is teacher, sad. <laughs> this teacher did note that this sense of neglect seemed to stem from his mother's illnesses. Nonetheless, uh, did she although, or did she not put illnesses in quotes? Because I don't no, know. He, I don't know he, his teacher, she, but she sounds like she could be a savage. In the uh information that I got it didn't have it in quotes. But But I'm I don't sure know. she was thinking it. She she seems to have some type of anxiety disorder. <clears throat> Maybe uh what's the um it's it's 
Oh, come on. Hypochondria. I don't know, because she wasn't, like, that's, like, when you're so worried about being clean and everything. No, that's... If you're a hypochondriac. No, hypochondria is just, like, oh, I coughed. It must be cancer. No, I don't I don't think it was that. That's I not think, a good example, but yeah, it's when you, when think, you think you've got everything. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. It doesn't seem to me like that was it. I think she just like she had anxiety and maybe a type of uh, mania that uh, she just. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't diagnose things like that. So I don't know. Well, why um, not? Yeah, it's what this podcast is missing. I'm sorry. My less than WebMD diagnosis. <laughs> Web um, Haley. Yeah, that'd be uh, real accurate. But uh, despite him being a really quiet kid in elementary school, he did have a small number of friends. And That's good. Yeah. And from an early age, Dahmer had an interest in animals. Mm, Friends boy. later recalled that Dahmer initially collected large insects, dragonflies, and butterflies, which oh, he placed God. inside jars, which okay. kids do. I mean, how many times have you gone um, to go catch fireflies and stuff? Never. You never catch fireflies? No, I lived in Connecticut. There's we no don't have... In Connecticut? I mean, there are, but like... You can't get to them in time. They're all the ones that have survived know to be quicker than that. I guess. Anyway, it's not that weird for kids to collect bugs and stuff. I'm not saying it's weird. I'm just saying it's very Norman Rockwell. It's not like the norm. I guess. Um, if something's not the norm, later on, he started collecting <laughs> animal carcasses from the side of the road. Fun. And I saw on one source that says he was occasionally accompanied by one or more of his friends. All right. Yeah. That that almost indicates to me, though, that it's like, as much as I hate this phrase, boys being boys. I like guess. they're intrigued by gross shit. Yeah. Jeffrey just took it a little bit further than he should have. Yeah, because after he would collect these things, he dismembered the animals either. I thought at they were home. dead. Yeah, he would collect the, oh, the bodies. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. I see would, what you're saying. He would take them apart, either in his home or a part of the woods that was behind his house. And oh, according God. to one friend, Dahmer dismembered these animals and stored the parts in jars in the family's wood tool shed and always explaining that he was curious to see how each animal fitted together, which he could have had a a great career in, in biology. Science. Yeah. Yeah. If things didn't go uh let's say off if the rails if he didn't have a great career in murder instead yeah i wouldn't call um, it great i don't know infamous. if i had oh no i i do have that this one part okay so i won't say anything yet um there was one instance where he decapitated the carcass of a dog before nailing the dog's <gasps> body to a tree oh no yeah. why would you tell me that what? as far as i can see from the research that i did he didn't the kill dog this was particular okay. dog Oh. Yeah, the dog was great. He later then impaled the skull of the dog on a stake beside a wooden cross oh. in the woods behind his house. And uh, it's said that his fascination with dead animals might have begun when, at the age of four, he noted his uh -oh. father removing animal bones from beneath the family house. And according to Lionel Dahmer, his son was, quote, oddly thrilled by the sound the bones made as they uh, dropped into the metal bowl that he was collecting them in. 
Oh. Yeah. That's that's and unique he, for a four year old. I mean, it's it's okay for him to be curious about like sounds Everything. and Yeah, he can be curious, but yeah. I mean I, I mean, maybe I'm speaking just for myself here, but as a child I wasn't exactly delighted by bones in buckets. I mean, I never came into contact with bones and buckets as a small My dad child. ate a lot of chicken wings. <laughs> um, but still, like, uh, all of this sounds creepy in retrospect, obviously. And that's what Lionel Dahmer said in one of the documentaries I watched is like, thinking back on it now, yes, that's terrifying. Weird. Knowing yeah. what he did now, it's horrifying that that's maybe where something like that started. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as a but parent his, of a small child, you wouldn't think. No, you just think, oh, my kid is curious about this, all right? Well, no. he's, sh- he's starting to show a fascination in this type of science, maybe foster that and bring it to something that he could develop later on in his life. Yeah, and also, how many kids do creepy shit on the daily? Like, you've seen there's those like, BuzzFeed there's posts. Whole, yeah, there's, like, whole accounts of, like, creepy shit the kids say. Yeah, like stuff like I want to crawl in your skin and just live in you forever so I can be close to you. And like they don't mean anything by it, hopefully. No. no that's I don't know. But um he continued to be fascinated in bones and he would occasionally search beneath and around the family home for additional bones. With live animals, he explored their bodies to discover where the bones were located. And the Dahmer family relocated to Doylestown, Ohio, in October of 1966. At the time, Joyce Dahmer was pregnant with their second child, and she gave birth to a baby boy on December 18th, 1966. And Jeffrey was actually allowed to choose the name of the baby, and he chose the That's name David. That's a recipe for disaster. That was lucky. No, but, that was yeah, lucky. that was real that lucky. That was fucking lucky because I wanted to name my brother after a character in Sailor Moon. Of course. Everyone wants to name it after a cartoon character because you don't understand the repercussions of it being an actual person. Yep. <laughs> but he chose David for his younger brother's name. Great name. That's Fine very name. lucky. That's, yes. That's extremely lucky on his parents' <laughs> part because they could be walking around with a fucking Tycho instead. Yep. So that same year, Lionel Dahmer got his degree and was soon employed as an analytic chemist at the city of Akron, Ohio. And in 1968, the family relocated to Bath, Ohio. Two years later, over a family meal of chicken, Dahmer asked his father what would happen if the bones of the chicken were put into a bleach solution. I thought you were going to say Dahmer asked his father for the bones. I was like, oh, good. (laughs) Continuity. Um, So Lionel Dahmer was by this time concerned about his son's um, seemingly bored and uncaring attitude and his solitary existence that he was excited at what he believed was his son's scientific curiosity so he willingly demonstrated to his son how to safely bleach and later preserve animal bones so he's the reason well he was a chemist so anything that happens spoiler alert with chemicals later on and Dahmer preserving some things souvenirs uh, Some stuff and things. It, yeah, it was probably learned at this time. Um, so, from his freshman year at Revere High School, Dahmer was seen by his peers as an outcast with just a few friends. And many of Dahmer's classmates later recalled being disturbed by the fact that he drank beer and hard alcohol, which he smuggled into school inside the lining of his army fatigue jacket and then hid in his locker. 
He would drink before, during, and after school, starting oh, when wow. he was about 14. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. That's indicative alone yeah. of something being wrong. Exactly. And on one occasion, a classmate saw Dahmer drinking a cup of gin and asked him uh, why he was drinking liquor in class. To which Dahmer casually... A logical question. Yeah. Dahmer casually replied, it's my medicine. Oh, which my God. immediately needs to go to the guidance counselor. I yeah, would that's a... That's a I don't know what the level of guidance that a school guidance counselor could provide in Ohio in the early 70s, but um, it seems like something needed to be done. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, nonetheless, in his freshman year at Revere High School, Dahmer, um, although largely, largely reserved, was seen by the staff to be polite and a highly intelligent student. And he initially achieved only average grades, which the staff attributed to his apathy in class. And he was known to have been a good tennis player, and he briefly played in the high school band. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, When he reached puberty, Dahmer began experiencing same-sex attractions, and he did not come out to his parents. In his early teens, he did have a brief relationship with another boy, although they never had sex. Dahmer later admitted that he began sexually fantasizing about dominating and controlling a completely submissive male partner at this time. Oh, boy. These fantasies gradually became intertwined with dissection. And on one occasion, when he was about 16 years old, Dahmer conceived a rape fantasy about a specific male jogger that he found attractive that he would watch from the woods. Oh, yeah. So one day when he finally decided to act on this fantasy, Dahmer hid in the bushes on the route that he would always watch the jogger on and he brought a baseball bat and he waited for him oh. to run by and the jogger did not pass on that particular day. And um Thank Dahmer never God. Yeah, Dahmer never attempted to implement this plan again and he later stated that this was his first attempt to attack another individual. And it's weird because oh, every boy. like this was definitely like a turning point. The uh, the jogger, like any any time you read or watch anything about like Dahmer, they talk about the jogger. Yeah, and he would watch this guy run by like all the time. And this was the one day he didn't go. That's amazing. That's like, honestly so fucking lucky, right? Holy shit! That's that's amazing. Yeah. Um. So, despite being regarded as a loner and an oddball among his peers at Revere High School, Dahmer became something of a class clown among some students um, due to the pranks that he regularly staged, some of which were done to amuse his classmates and others apparently simply to attract attention. And these pranks became known as doing a Dahmer. Oh, no. Yeah, so they're not, they don't hold up. No. They're not, they're not good bits. So they would include him, like, running down the halls, like, flapping his arms, just making noise to make noise. And he would uh, simulate epileptic seizures or uh, having cerebral palsy. Oh, my God. Yeah, not cute. And he would knock over items at school and at local stores. And I think there was even one story of him, like collecting money from kids and then they all like went to the mall and he yeah. like did this whole big 
to do at the mall. Yeah. It was like his grand finale. Yeah. Yeah. So that was an actual thing that happened. (laughs) Um, Unfortunately. You know, um, by 1977, Dahmer's grades had declined owing to his alcohol abuse and his continued apathy towards academic and social interactions. And his parents hired a private tutor for him, but the tutor only had limited success. The same year, Dahmer's parents attended counseling sessions to try to resolve personal differences to save their marriage, and the counseling was ultimately unsuccessful, and they decided to divorce. Although initially on cordial grounds, both of Dahmer's parents began to fight frequently in the presence of both of their sons, and in early 1978, Lionel Dahmer moved out of the house. In May of 1978, Dahmer graduated from high school. A few weeks before his graduation, one of his teachers saw him sitting close to the school parking lot drinking several cans of beer. When the teacher threatened to report him, Dahmer told him that he was experiencing, quote, a lot of problems at home and that the school's guidance counselor was aware of them. Shortly after this incident, Joyce awarded was awarded custody of David and left the family home, moving in with some family members of hers in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin, while Lionel Dahmer temporarily lived in a nearby hotel. I don't think either of them knew, um, because Jeffrey was 18 at this point and was legally an adult, and since the court could not place him anywhere, he stayed at the house alone. Oh. Yeah. So I don't... I think... I think Lionel thought that Joyce was staying there. Joyce thought that Lionel was staying there. I don't think... Yeah, it's a classic parent trap, minus the parents. Yeah, Yeah, I don't think either of them knew that he was there alone. Oh, boy. And this is where the shit starts. This is where the shit starts? Yeah. The shit starts. The shit's Three weeks after his high school graduation in the summer of 1978, Dahmer committed his first murder. And he was 18 years old. And on uh, June 18th, Dahmer picked up a hitchhiker named Stephen Mark Hicks, who was three days shy of his 19th birthday. Dahmer lured Hicks to his house by suggesting that they go back and drink some beers together. And Hicks had been hitchhiking to a rock concert in Lockwood Corners and agreed to go with Dahmer. According to Dahmer, after several hours of drinking and listening to music, Hicks, quote, wanted to leave and I didn't want him to. In response, Dahmer bludgeoned him with a 10-pound dumbbell. That's a healthy response. Yeah. Uh, He later stated that he struck Hicks twice from behind with the dumbbell as he was sitting in a chair. When Hicks fell unconscious, Dahmer strangled him to death with the bar of the dumbbell, then stripped the clothes from Hicks' body before masturbating as he stood above the corpse. Uh, So that's a sentence. (laughs) (laughs) It only gets worse from here. (laughs) It is a sentence. Uh, the following right. day, <laughs> the following day, Dahmer dissects Hicks's body in his crawl space. He later buried the remains in a shallow grave in the backyard before unearthing them several weeks later. Oh, boy. pairing the flesh from the bones. He dissolved the flesh in acid before flushing the solution down the toilet. He crushed the bones with a sledgehammer and scattered them in the woods behind his house. Okay, oh, so he's he's really covering. All the bases on this one. Just based on hearing this one, like, solution, I guess, to mm-hmm. this murder, I'm amazed he got caught. Uh, you won't be later on, because every serial well, killer no, gets sloppy. Well, no, I was going to say, I figure he'll do something stupid, but if he kept up with this, he'd be smooth yeah. sailing. Yeah, it seems like it. 
Uh, six God, weeks after Mike the murder. Maybe Mike Pence wouldn't be here. What? I said maybe Mike Pence wouldn't be here. Maybe. <laughs> oh, I'm a terrible human being. We may have to cut that out. No, we're not cutting anything out. <laughs> Uh, six weeks after the murder of Hicks, Dahmer's father and his fiance returned to their house where they discovered Jeffrey living alone. That August, Dahmer enrolled at the Ohio State University, hoping to major in business. His Wait, only s- how what? long? Ha- so how long had he been living alone at the house before his parents figured it out? From May until August. That's like three fucking months that their kid is just is basically the MIA. whole summer after. Yeah, it was basically the whole summer after his graduation. Yeah, but, like, you don't wonder where he is? I guess not. Like, he's 18. I get that he's an adult and he's able to make his own decisions and everything, but you don't maybe want to know how he's doing? Nope, I guess not. Well, okay, moving on. That's why I think the uh, accusations that he wasn't 100% looked after as a child are probably about right. Oh, yeah, no, I'd say so. Yeah. Um, so he enrolled at the Ohio State University, hoping to major in business, and his only semester at OSU was completely unproductive, largely because of his persistent alcohol abuse throughout the majority of his term. He received failing grades in Introduction to Anthropology, Classical Civilizations, and Administrative Science. The only course that Dahmer was successful in was Riflery, which he received a B-. minus. I didn't even know that that could be a class. I don't think it can be now. Probably not. Doesn't seem like something that would fly now. Yeah, but I'm curious as to like when that stopped being a thing. I want to ask my dad and see if he had that option because he went to high school in like the 70s. Yeah, that seems like a weird choice of a class. Quick, find Jimbo. Ask him. Ask him if he took riflery. My dad didn't go to college. (laughs) Oh, I thought this was high school still. I'm so dumb. No, this is college. No, my dad went to college in fucking Maine. He definitely did that. (laughs) Um, So Dahmer's overall GPA was a .45. Why the fuck did I think he went to high school twice? What the fuck is wrong with me? No, he went to... He's in college now. Well, not really. Um, So on one occasion, Lionel Dahmer paid a surprise visit to his son, only to find that his room Uh was strewn with empty liquor bottles, which... Uh He's a college kid. Are you really going to blame him? But it depends on how many. That's true. It depends Um, on how many. Because if it's like a few, then okay. If it's like 60. Yeah. Yeah. So despite his father having paid in advance for the second term, Dahmer dropped out of college after just three months. Wait, he dropped out of his own volition or because his dad saw the bottles and was like, get out of here? I mean, it was probably, like, a little bit of both. His dad's like, get your shit together. And he's like, I don't want to. And then he dropped out. Okay. I'll take that answer. I'll accept that. So in January of 1979, on his father's urging, Dahmer enlisted in the U.S. Army, where he trained as a medical specialist in San Antonio, Texas, and was later stationed in West Germany on July 13th, 1979. According to published reports, in Dahmer's first year of service, he was... An average or slightly above average soldier. Uh, two soldiers attested to having been raped by Dahmer while they were in the army. Oh, one of whom shit. St- yeah. One of whom stated that in 2010, uh, while stationed in West Germany with Dahmer, he had re- repeatedly raped him over a 17-month period. Oh, while another soldier believes that Dahmer drugged and raped him inside an armored personnel carrier in 1979. Uh, Jesus Christ. 
I didn't find these two accounts in too many of the sources I was looking at. Um, lots of the stuff that I heard is that his time in the army was pretty much uneventful. And as we'll get to, um, his alcohol abuse um, deteriorated his performance in the army. And in mm -hmm. March of 1981, he was deemed unsuitable for military service and was discharged. So um, I think they said that after everything came out about uh, what he did, uh, they went back into the records of missing persons in Germany at this time to see if maybe he started his killing spree a little bit earlier. And hmm. they ultimately found out that um, the only missing, missing person they had during that time was a young girl, and that wouldn't fit his MO. Yeah, that's so not his MO. That didn't really make any sense. Huh. Okay. So he received an honorable discharge as his supervisors did not believe that any problems Dahmer had in the army would be applicable to civilian life. And on March 24th, Record 1981. Scratch. Yeah, right. Excuse on me. March 24th, 1981, Dahmer was sent to Fort Jackson, South Carolina for debriefing, and he was provided with a plane ticket to travel anywhere in the country. Dahmer Jesus, later told the police, I want to get discharged from the army. <laughs> right? Dahmer later told the police that he felt he couldn't return home to face his father, so he opted to travel to Miami Beach, Florida. Honestly, same. And also, as a gay, that's that's where you want to be. Right? Like, um, that's a good-ass decision. That's, yeah, like, well, probably he, the he only decided, good decision he's ever made. He decided to go there because he was, quote, tired of the cold, and same. he wanted to attempt living on his own means. I mean, so, he did that for three months, and it seemed okay. He only, uh, like, bludgeoned one guy. Yeah. Uh, he found employment while he was in Florida at a deli, and he rented a room at a nearby motel, and he spent most of his salary on alcohol, and he was soon evicted from the motel for non-payment, and oh he initially spent his evenings on the beach as he continued to work at the sandwich shop until he finally phoned his father and asked to return to Ohio in September of that same year. Oh. That's sad. Yeah. He just couldn't huff it. Nope. So he had Sorry, to huff fam. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After his return to Ohio, Dahmer initially lived with his father and stepmother and insisted on being given numerous chores to occupy his time while he looked for work. Oh, However, that's really responsible. Yeah. Uh, he that's not what I would expect from a deadbeat. Yeah, but he continued to drink heavily, and just two weeks after his return, he was arrested for drunken disorderly conduct and was fined $60 and given a suspended 10-day jail sentence. And father, there it is. Yeah. So his father tried unsuccessfully to wean his son off alcohol, and in December of 1981, Dahmer's father and stepmother sent him to live with his grandmother in West Elias, Wisconsin. Uh, Dahmer's grandmother oh. was the only family member who he ever displayed any affection for, and he they hoped that her influence plus the change of scenery might inspire him to refrain from alcohol and find a job and live responsibly. Initially, Dahmer's living arrangements with his grandmother were good. He went to church with her and willingly took on chores. He actively sought work, and he abided by most of her house rules, although he did continue to drink and smoke. Uh, this new influence in his life initially brought good results, and in 1982, he found employment at the Milwaukee Blood Plasma Center. Wow. He, like, yeah, good he held for that her. job. 
<laughs> yeah. Sorry, like he sucks, but like way to be. Every like time a- you every time you think like it's getting good for him, this is when it shits the bed because he no, only no, no, had no, that no, job for ten months. No, 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 no. But I'm just thinking months. like who else can be like I reformed Jeffrey Dahmer briefly? Like no one can fucking say that. Yeah. He only kept that job for ten should, months and then he was laid off. She could have been like the next fucking the secret. Yeah. Well, not for long. Uh, yeah. Uh, the ten month remained- secret. He remained unemployed for over two years, during which he lived on whatever money his grandmother gave him. So she was a little bit enabling him. Oh, Nana. Yeah. Nana Dahmer, why you gotta do this? Shortly before losing his job, Dahmer was arrested for indecent exposure on August 7th, 1982 at the Wisconsin State Fair Park. Dahmer exposed himself to a crowd of 25 women and children, and he was subsequently convicted and fined $50 plus court costs. But it's fine because he's gay. I guess so. Um, in January of 1985, Dahmer was hired as a mixer at the Milwaukee Ambrosia Chocolate Factory. Ooh, I want to work there. It's not even called that anymore because he ruined the chocolate factory for them. I think it's still a chocolate factory. What did factory. Willy Wonka do to him? I don't know. I think it's still a chocolate factory, but it's just not called Ambrosia anymore. Did he get sucked up by the river tube? No. And clog it? And is that why he ruined the chocolate factory? He worked from 11 p.m. to 7 (laughs) a.m. Great shit. But how much chocolate did he get? Probably a A lot. Yeah. So, I mean, worth it? Probably. He worked there six nights a week. And this is the key. He had Saturday evenings off. Uh Uh-oh. That's... that's that's the devil's oh, knife. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, shortly after Dahmer found his employment, an incident occurred in which he was propositioned by another man while sitting, reading in the West Elias Public Library. The stranger threw Dahmer a note offering to meet him in the bathroom, and then I guess whatever would transpire would transpire. Although Dahmer did not respond to this proposition, the incident stirred in his mind the fantasies of control and dominance that he had developed as a teenager, and he began to familiarize himself with Milwaukee's gay bars. Oh, boy. Bookstores. Oh. And gay bathhouses. I mean, at least I he... didn't know bookstores were a gay hotspot. Well, no, I was going to say, at least he's looking for partners slash victims of substance, those that read and want to better themselves through literature. So- See, here's the thing. Every single time you try to say something that's good about him, <laughs> then he goes and does something like this. No, he I stole. know, but I do this. I do this because I know that shit is going to hit the fan as soon as I do. Do you want to know My what last happened? name should be Murphy. Go ahead. What? He stole a male mannequin from a store and he briefly used it for sexual stimulation before his grandmother discovered it in a closet and made him throw it out. I want to be a fly on that wall. I want to see how that went down. What's that conversation like? And thus, the movie Mannequin starring Kim Cattrall was born. Oh, God. (laughs) Uh, In late 1985, he had begun to regularly frequent the bathhouses, which he later described as being relaxing places. I mean, I've heard they're quite relaxing. I guess. These were kind of shady ones, though. Oh, these aren't the, like, these aren't the fun ones. I mean, they're fun for some, but they're not fun for, like, the likes of moi. Yeah. I would get nothing out of these bathhouses. No. During his sexual encounters, he became frustrated at his partners moving during the act of sex. Following his arrest... I'm sorry, what? Yeah. Uh, Following his arrest, he stated, 
quote, I trained myself to view people as objects of pleasure instead of as people, end quote. That's healthy. Yeah. Uh, so for this reason, he, uh, beginning in June of 1986, he used sleeping pills on his partners, giving them liquor laced with sedatives, and then raping their unconscious bodies. This would become a theme. You will oh. see later on. Oh, great. That's what so I after wanted. 12 of these instances at the bathhouses, the bathhouses administration revoked Dahmer's membership. It oh, only took they finally 12 figured times, it out. Oh. Right? Yeah, they're and just, then they're and regular then detectives. He started he started to use hotel rooms to continue this practice. Oh, come on. Yeah. So shortly after his membership of the bathhouses was revoked, Dahmer read a report in a newspaper regarding the upcoming funeral of an 18-year-old male. He conceived the idea of stealing the freshly buried corpse and taking it home. Oh boy. So he he wanted to pull a little bit of a gain there. Um, a little bit. Yeah, but not quite, because according to him, he attempted to dig up the coffin from the ground, but found that the soil was too hard, and then he abandoned the plan. I hate it when it's too hard. Yeah. Gotta hate that. Yeah. You gotta have gain strength. I just I just wish it would just stay still. I guess. <laughs> just not move. Uh, in August of 1986, Dahmer was arrested for masturbating in front of two 12-year-old boys. As he stood close oh to the Kinnikinnick River. I'm going to say that that's how you pronounce it. I think it's Kinnikinnick River. Oh, God. That's an unfortunate name. Yep. It's still not the hardest name in this outline. I got to know. If anybody lives near this Kinnikinnick River, please explain. Like, I just want an explanation. That's how you pronounce it. And please send pictures because I can't imagine that a Kinnikinnick River looks like any old river. I imagine that the water is the consistency and color of... Of Kinnicky from Greece. Of chocolate milk. So it's the chocolate factory. It dumps into the river. That, or, or, that like the, or that's the river that goes Rec? into... Yeah, no, it is. Bobby Newport's family's candy factory. Sweetums. There it is. <laughs> oh, look at us. We're so cute. Anyway, yeah. back to the horrifying details. <laughs> <laughs> Dahmer initially admitted that the offense he admitted to the offense and was again charged with indecent exposure, but he quickly changed his story and claimed that he had been merely peeing and he was unaware that there were any witnesses. The charge was changed to disorderly conduct and on March 10, 1987, Dahmer was sentenced to 1 year's probation with an additional instructions that he was to undergo counseling. Oh. Yeah. That seems like of doesn't match that doesn't that doesn't something doesn't fit it's like trying to put a square peg into a round hole Mm. which is also what he's trying to do but anyway so on on november 20th 1987 Dahmer, uh at the time residing with his grandmother still encountered a 25 year old man from michigan named steve tuomi uh, they I think that is a, how you say that one. I think that's how you say that one. Because I watched enough of these documentaries. It sounds right. And I knew somebody, I think, I think in high school or college or somewhere, and their last name was Twomey. Okay. All right, good. That makes sense. All right. All right. 
So he met this guy at a bar and persuaded him to return to the Ambassador Hotel in Milwaukee, where Dahmer had rented a room for the evening. Oh, boy. And according to Dahmer, he had no intention of murdering Tuomi, but simply sure. intended to drug and rape him as he lay there unconscious. Oh, is that all? Oh, yeah. And then... Oh, well, then carry <laughs> on. Wouldn't you know, the following morning, he woke up to find Tuomi lying beneath him in bed, his chest crushed in and black and blue with bruises. What? Blood no. was seeping from the corner of his mouth and Dahmer's fists and one forearm were extensively bruised. Dahmer stated that he had absolutely no memory of killing Tuomi. I'm sure he had nothing to do with it. Well, he also got so, like... Drunk. plastered drunk yeah. during any of these uh attacks Encounters, that, yeah yeah so he later informed investigators that he simply could not believe that this had happened to dispose of tuomi's body he purchased a large suitcase in which he transported the body to his grandmother's residence and there one week later he severed the head arms and legs from the torso and then filleted the bones from the body before cutting the flesh into pieces small enough to handle I don't want to know what size that is. He then placed the flesh inside plastic garbage bags. He wrapped the bones inside of a sheet and pounded them to splinters with the sledgehammer. He then dismembered... Um, oh, the entire dismemberment process took approximately two hours to complete, and he disposed of all of Tuomi's remains, including the severed head, in the trash. Oh. I, at least he cleaned up after himself? I guess... Uh, for a total of two weeks following Tuomi's murder, Dahmer kept the victim's head wrapped in a blanket. After two weeks, That's Dahmer healthy. boiled the head in a mixture of Soylex, which is an alkali-based industrial detergent, and bleach in an effort to retain the skull, which he then used as a stimulus for masturbation. Uh, That's also another sentence. That, <coughs> there's a lot of sentences in this. You know, there's, there's a lot that are just like, ooh. Uh, eventually the skull much. was rendered too brittle by the bleaching process, so Dahmer pulverized it and disposed of it. Oh, well, I hate when that happens. You gotta hate when that happens. It's gonna happen a couple more times, so get ready. Oh, yay! Yeah. Following the murder of Tuomi, Dahmer became, began to actively seek victims, most of whom he encountered in or close to gay bars that he typically lured back to his grandmother's house. There, he drugged them before or shortly after engaging in sexual activity with them. Once he had rendered the victim unconscious with sleeping pills, he killed them by strangulation. So it's going to be a theme with him also that he has to get like super plastered blackout drunk. And he also has to uh, drug them before he does anything. He's not one that's going to like, he's not a Bundy. One could even say he has to drug his victims and himself. Yeah. Uh, there was a quote, I don't remember if I have it in here, but there was a quote that he said that the killing was a means to an end. He, we talked about in the, uh, types of serial killers episode. Yeah. He was definitely a product killer, not a process killer. He didn't enjoy the process. He didn't want to kill anybody. He just wanted dead people. Yeah. He just wanted someone not to He just didn't have all of that stuff available like Gein did. No. So he wasn't he had as to artistic. Do it himself. No, not as creative. No. no. He didn't have so, a burgeoning fashion career. No. Or interior design. No, he just worked at the chocolate factory. Oh, uh, Mr. Wonka. 
So two months after the murder of Stephen Tuomi, Dahmer encountered 14-year-old Native American male Ugh. prostitute named yeah, named David Dockstader. Also, it's sex worker. I just remembered. Yes. Because yep, I, yes, I try to police myself. I'm not trying to like tell you what to do. This is pulled from the research that I took, and they used the word prostitute. So I will switch it to sex worker. Thank Love you, you for mean the... It. In the in-episode correction section. So, <laughs> you know what? I've just been itching for a correction section, so that's why I just I had to throw it in there in some way or form. Shape All or right. form. Yes. Let me, let me redo that. Two months after the murder of Stephen Tuomi, Dahmer encountered a 14-year-old Native American male sex worker Ooh. named James Dockstader. Dahmer lured the boy to his home in an, with an offer of $50 to pose for nude pictures. At Dahmer's West oh, Elias residence. $50 isn't even that much, honey, Ron. Yeah. Oh, buddy. That's going to become a theme, too. Dahmer oh, loves those buddy. $50 bills. Oh, buddy. Someone's a fan of Grant. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so the pair engaged in sexual activity before Dahmer drugged Doc Stater and strangled him on the floor of the basement. Dahmer left the body in the basement for about a week before dismembering it in the same manner as he did with Tuomi. He placed all of Doc Stater's remains, uh, not including the skull, in the trash. He then boiled the skull and initially retained it before pulverizing it. On March 24, 1988, Dahmer met a 22-year-old bisexual man named Richard Guerrero outside of a gay bar called The Phoenix. Or actually, I saw some say that it was called The Phoenix and another uh, place said that it was called... Uh, Lacage. But who the fuck knows? I don't the fuck know. <laughs> so Dahmer lured Guerrero to his grandmother's residence, um, although the incentive on this occasion was $50 to simply spend the remainder of the night with him. He then drugged Guerrero in his, uh, with sleeping pills and strangled him with a leather strap. Um, then Ugh. Dahmer performed oral sex on the corpse. No! Ooh. No, uh, not, not here for that. Not about no. this. No, thank you. <laughs> so Guerrero's body was dismembered within 24 hours of his murder, with the remains being disposed of in the trash, and the skull again retained before being pulverized several months later. So this is his... This is his third time doing this in this type of manner. On... That's April 23rd, too many. Dahmer, yeah. <laughs> Dahmer lured another man to his house. However, after giving the victim a drugged coffee, both he and the victim heard Dahmer's grandmother call, Is that you, Jeff? Although Dahmer My replied, name's Jeff. <laughs> although Dahmer replied in a manner that led his grandmother to believe that he was alone, his grandmother did see that Dahmer was not alone. Because of this, Dahmer opted not to kill this particular victim, instead waiting until he had become unconscious before taking him to County General Hospital. In September of 1988, Dahmer's grandmother asked him to move out of her house because his habit of bringing young men to the house late at night and the foul smells coming from both the basement and the garage. Dahmer found a one-bedroom apartment on North 20, North 25th Street, and he moved into the new residence on September 25th. The following day, Dahmer was arrested for drugging and sexually fondling a 13-year-old boy who he had lured to his apartment on the pretext of posing for nude photographs. 
In January 1989, Dahmer was convicted of second-degree sexual assault and of enticing a child for immoral purposes. Sentencing for the assault was suspended until May of 1989. On March 20th, Dahmer commenced a 10-day Easter vacation from work during which he moved back into his grandmother's house. Come on, Nana Dahmer, do your thing. (laughs) Two months after his conviction and two months prior to his sentencing for the sexual assault, Dahmer murdered his fifth victim. He was it wasn't a, Nana, was it? No. Okay. He didn't good. murder women. I'm good. I'm good. As long as, um, but as long as Nana, first of all, Nana Dahmer isn't a woman. She's a national treasure. Okay. As are all grandmothers. All right. And that is all I have to say on the subject. All right. Well, he uh, doesn't kill her, so you'll be happy about that. That's all that matters. No dogs, no grandmas, and I'm good. This victim was mixed-race 24-year-old aspiring model named Anthony Sears, who Dahmer met at a gay bar on March 25th, 1989. According to Dahmer, on this particular occasion, he was not looking to commit a crime. However, shortly before closing that evening, Sears just started talking to him. Dahmer lured Sears to his grandmother's home, where the pair engaged in oral sex before Dahmer drugged and strangled Sears. Mm. The following morning, Dahmer placed the corpse in his grandmother's bathtub, where he decapitated the body before attempting to fillet the corpse. He then stripped the flesh from the body and pulverized the bones, which were again disposed of in the trash. According to Dahmer, he found Sears exceptionally attractive, and Sears was the first victim from whom he permanently retained any body parts. He preserved Sears' head and genitalia in acetone and stored them in his work locker. Why? Because he can't keep them at Nana's house. God damn it, Nana. Yeah. Don't but when he moved like this. When he moved to a new address the following year, he then took the remains there. On May 23, 1989, Dahmer was sentenced to five years probation and one year in the House of Correction with a work release permit in order um, so that he could keep his job, and he was also required to register as a sex offender. Good. Two months before his scheduled release from work camp, Dahmer was paroled um, at this time, and once he was released, Dahmer temporarily moved back into his grandmother's house in West Elias before... Um, in May of 1990, moving to the Oxford Apartments, located at 924 North 25th Street in Milwaukee, and the infamous Apartment 213. Although located in a high-crime area, the apartment was close to his workplace, and it was furnished at $300 per month and include all bills, excluding electricity. It was economical for him. That's one word for it. Yeah. That, I think they said at the at the chocolate factory, I forget what they said his salary was, but I think it equated to being like almost nineteen or twenty dollars an hour in today's money. Okay. Okay. He so had that oompa loompa money. He was making He was making some decent money. He was, yeah, he was making some cash. Some cash yeah. money. Yeah, so within one week of moving to his new apartment, Dahmer had killed his sixth vi- sixth victim. Raymond Smith, and Smith was a 32-year-old male sex worker who Dahmer lured to his apartment with the promise of $50 for sex. <coughs> At Dahmer's apartment, he gave Smith a drink. Enough. No. <laughs> 
Uh, he gave Smith a drink laced with seven sleeping pills, and then he manually strangled him. The following day, Dahmer purchased a Polaroid camera with which he took several pictures of Smith's body in suggestive positions before dismembering him in the bathroom. He boiled the legs, arms, and pelvis in a steel kettle with Soylex, which allowed him to then rinse the bones in the sink. He dissolved the remainder of Smith's skeleton, excluding the skull, of course, in a container that he filled with acid. He spray-painted Smith's skull and placed it alongside the skull of Anthony Sears. Approximately yeah. one week after the murder of Raymond Smith, on or about May 27th, Dahmer lured another young man to his apartment. On this occasion, however, Dahmer himself accidentally consumed the drink that he had laced with the sedatives Ooh. that was meant... Yeah. A little bit of a... Bad news a bit of a mix-up. Oh, boy. Yeah, so he awoke the following day and discovered that his intended victim had stolen several items of clothing, Good. $300, Good. and a watch. See, that's the type of happy ending I like to hear. Right? You got free stole, shit and you didn't get murdered. He sold $300. That's his entire month's rent. Sucks to suck. Shouldn't be killing people. I guess. So, obviously, Dahmer never reported the incident to the police. Wonder um, why. Yeah. But on May 29th, he divulged to his probation officer that he had been robbed. In June of 1990, Dahmer lured a 27-year-old acquaintance named Edward Smith, there was two guys named Smith in this story, um, to his apartment. He drugged and strangled Smith, and on this occasion, rather than immediately um, dissolving him in acid um, or repeating the process of bleaching, which he had found in previous victims, left the skulls brittle. Dahmer placed Smith's skeleton in the freezer for several months in the hope that it would not retain moisture. Freezing the skeleton did not remove moisture, and the skeleton of his victim would be uh, acidified. Is that acidified? Acidified? Acidified. I can't fucking speak. That's fine. It would be acidified several months later. Dahmer accidentally he would have dist- known if he became a chemist like he was supposed to. Yeah, or something in biology, Sad something. Baby. Sad baby. Uh, Dahmer accidentally destroyed the skull when he placed it in the oven to dry. Oh, God. Um, a process that caused the skull to explode. Yep, knew that was coming. I've done enough bad cooking to know that things are going to explode if you use an oven. Oh, you exploded a skull in your oven? No, but I've exploded pretty much everything else in an oven. All right, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Um, By the way, I'm cooking for New Year's. Perfect. (laughs) In your oven. (laughs) Dahmer later informed police that he had felt rotten about Smith's murder and that he was unable to retain any parts of his body. Uh, Less than three months after the murder of... That's a real tragedy. Yeah. Three months after the murder of Smith, Dahmer encountered a 22-year-old Chicago native named Ernest Miller on the corner of North 27th Street. Miller agreed to accompany Dahmer to his apartment for $50 and further agreed to allow him to listen to his heart and stomach. I don't know why that was a request. That's that's Um, unique. Yeah. That's, That's quite a line to get someone back to your apartment with. That's... I didn't know that one that's, worked. Yeah, that's something. That's um, something. So when, Do- uh, when Dahmer attempted to perform oral sex on Miller, he was informed, quote, that'll cost you extra. And that's when Dahmer gave Smith a drink laced with two sleeping pills. On this occasion, however, he only had the two sleeping pills to give his victim 
and therefore he killed Miller by slashing his carotid artery with the same knife that he used to dissect the victim's bodies. Miller bled to death within nice. minutes, and Dahmer then posed the nude body for various suggestive Polaroid photographs before placing the body in his bathtub for dismemberment. Dahmer repeatedly kissed and talked to the severed head while he dismembered the remainder of the body. He wrapped Good. Miller's heart, biceps, and portions of his flesh from his legs in plastic bags and placed them in the fridge for later consumption. Dahmer I, boiled it, the remaining flesh and organs just... into a, quote, jelly-like substance using Soilex, uh, which he which again enabled him to rinse the flesh off the skeleton, which mm-hmm. he intended to keep. We just need so, to... We need to... We're almost done with this one for today, because this is a lot. I'm so glad that we're not doing this the week of Thanksgiving. No. No, no. Uh, this is quite a recipe to follow. Okay. Good. To preserve the skeleton, he placed the bones in a light bleach solution for 24 hours before allowing them to dry on a cloth for one week. The severed head was initially placed in the refrigerator before being stripped of flesh, then painted and coated with enamel. Three weeks after the murder of Ernest Miller on September 24th, Dahmer encountered a 22-year-old man, a 22-year-old man named David Thomas at the Grand Avenue Mall and persuaded him to return to his apartment for a few drinks with additional money on offer if he would pose for photographs. In his statement to police after his arrest, Dahmer stated that after giving Thomas a drink laced with sedatives, he did not feel attracted to him, but was afraid to allow him to wake up in case he would be angry over having been drugged. So he had to strangle him and dismember the body, intentionally retaining no body parts whatsoever. Nonetheless, he did photograph the dismemberment process and retain these photographs. Oh, good, because I was worried. I was really worried about that. But these photographs of him taking the body apart were what helped the police in uh, identifying Thomas's body. Which oh is boy. super fucked that's, up. Yeah, that's fucked. Yeah. So following the murder of David Thomas, Dahmer did not kill anyone for almost five months. Mm-hmm. Although on minimum of five occasions between October of 1990 and February of 1991, he unsuccessfully attempted to lure men to his apartment. He is also oh, known good. to have so it wasn't for lack of trying. Right? He is also known to have regularly complained of feelings of both anxiety and depression to his probation officer throughout 1990 with frequent references to his sexuality, his solitary lifestyle, and financial difficulties. And on several occasions he was known to have referred to harboring suicidal thoughts. And I think that's where I'm going to leave it oh. because the other sections Leave it on a, a happy note, I see. There's nothing happy about this one. No fucking shit. Except for Nana Dahmer. Yeah, I don't think she... And the dog that lives. I don't think she makes another appearance. I thought you were going to say, I don't think she makes it. And I was like, as much (laughs) as it hurts me to hear that, given that this is like the 80s, I'm willing to accept that. Uh, Yeah, this is the 80s. This is like... Oh, actually, no, this is the 90s now. No, but... has Nana, Dahmer been, has Nana Dahmer been mentioned in the 90s? Uh, no. See, there goes my case. All right. Okay. All right. So you should come back next Tuesday 
for the conclusion of Jeffrey Dahmer. Yes, please. But in the meantime, you can satiate yourself with the the website and all of the social media that's on there. Yeah. Just we got Twitter. We got Instagram. We got Facebook. We got all on there. We got an email. We do have an email. CrimeCulturePod at gmail.com. Yeah. See? We also have uh, our episodes are up on SoundCloud and Google Play and Stitcher and iTunes. The iTunes. And you can, I think, comment on every single one of those things. So I have yet to be you? able to find Google Play because I have an iPhone, but the other ones, I think you can. I have an Android, but I've never tried to comment on anything. So I'm pretty sure you can. Wow, if somebody's can, not supportive of the podcast. Uh, if you can, why don't you prove to us by commenting? Yeah, I dare prove you. it. I yeah. dare you. <laughs> I dare I you to comment. Triple dog, dare you. Oh, that was a good. I can't wait for a Christmas story to be relevant again. No, I'm not. I'm not excited for Christmas yet. Let, I'm not excited for Christmas yet. I'm excited for the movies. Fucking Thanksgiving have its I'm moment. I'm letting it have its moment. I actually almost bought you a Thanksgiving um, <gasps> banner at Target, but then I was like, I'm not gonna mail this to her. <laughs> oh, because it was well, on now sale. Now I have to go to Target and get it because I had a little banner up for Halloween and I liked it, and now I need to get a Thanksgiving one. Take a look because the sale section in Target is banging in terms of plastic pumpkins and most thanksgiving decor which for whatever reason they because they lumped it in with the fall decor i guess they've put it on sale radical i'm i'm living for this they cast it off to the sides that they can make more room for the christmas display they're trying to set up or at least that's how it is by me well, not that I don't want to just inform all of our listeners about the wonderful sales that Target has. I think we should let Target sponsor us. <laughs> yes, that'd be great. I want to be sponsored by Target. We talk all about your sales. I can tell you my favorite item. It but is, we don't have to. I was going to say, but it's all of them. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's come See back you next week. Tuesday. Yeah. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.